Hello and welcome to another episode of Late Apex. Uh, really excited about this one this week because uh, joining me, Jamie and Tom, when he decides to get out of fucking bed, uh, is Benny Grayson. Um, I met Benny not that long ago, to be fair. However, we've been chatting for quite, would you say, is it fair to say months, if not a year before we actually met Benny? Yeah, I think um, Tom Minshaw was a... Was a, I think he knew you through an It was a year that I won the pre national 600 and he did yeah. a little bit and he said, Oh, a mate of mine, which Gibson's on about getting into it. I think he sort of put us in touch, you know, 2020, I think it was. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, when I was trying to get shekels together to go, to come and give it a bash. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, cheers for joining us. Um, you're officially our first guest. So yeah, yeah. Cheers, for, cheers for jumping on board and giving us faith that we're not going to absolutely fuck this up, although we probably will. Well, after me, the only way is up, isn't it, really? (laughs) (laughs) Going to get you a certificate to stick on your mantelpiece. (laughs) Yeah, the only way is up. It can't get any worse. can't get any worse. Well, it could. You could be like Tom and not even fucking bother getting on on air yet. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know know what he's doing now? He's watching Love Island. Yeah, fair one. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, The recaps. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what do you know, Benny? Our tricks. All good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's been a bit of a manic, manic winter trying to get everything ready. So uh, obviously taking my first step into BSB as a, a full season this year, riding for Merlin Motorsports. Um. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a bit of a bit of a deal where I run my own bike out of their team, whereas. I build all the engines for that team anyway, and I've done for, for many years. So um, this year, this, they've, they've made me a spot to go and ride in their own in, on my own bike. So, yeah, it's class. And, uh, mental. So and you've, you said to me when we were lining this up that you wanted to tell your story about how you've gone from mechanic to racer. When you say you're building Merlin's engines, were you building their engines before you even took a set of leathers on? And got on the track yourself? No, no. So um, back, back. I can't remember what year it was. I, I, I had a friend that did uh, was doing a bit of um, uh, was doing a bit of um, British stuff, um, and I sort of went along to. I think it was Brands Hatch the first round I went to, and um, I had a, had, a, had a watch, and there was there was struggling a bit short-handed, so I give him a bit of a hand, give him a bit of a chuck. And then that became a regular thing. Started going every weekend as a, a hobbyist mechanic. Um, and then one season became two seasons. Doing a bit of motocross still as well. And then, um, yeah, and then I ended up working for, after X amount of years, I ended up working for, I don't know if you remember, Motor Breakers, Kawasaki? Yeah, 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 Motor yeah. Breakers, Team Motor Breakers. Started working for them probably 14, 15, something like that, with uh, Jimmy Rose, the wild card that is Jimmy Rose. And... Um, I think Ben Curry joined a little little later on, so I was I was working with them guys, um, prepping prepping the bikes and working the bikes over the weekend, and it sort of continued for for many years. Went over to Spain with with Alex Olsen and you know lots of <clears throat> good times. I think I got to about I don't know I, I, the motocross game was pretty. I, I bashed myself up a little bit and, and thought you know what I've, I've had enough of this. Uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I don't bounce as well. You know, 26, 27, you know, it's a real young man game is, is motocross. And um, I remember just thinking to myself, like, 
I do fancy, I do fancy a, a, a fancy a crack at this. I think I'm still young enough. And then um, I was working with a guy called Malcolm Ashley, who who was the old superbike uh, superbike team owner. He's shown um, MAR uh, superbike. He used to yeah. run superbikes in, in BSB. He was running a, a guy on the stock tower called uh, Nico Cipriani, and uh, they wanted to do a shakedown test on this bike over the Hungara ring. And um, Mal rang me up. And, and said, you know, do you fancy a busman's busman's holiday sort of thing? Do you want to come over? You know, we'll pay for your pay for your your flight and everything, and you come across and span this bike at the Hungara Ring for three days. Um, that's going to go on the. He was going to do the Prelli Superstock Championship. So yeah, yeah, no problem. So I, I flew over. Mal picked me up from the airport in his Mustang, his big flash Mustang, and uh, took me to the Hungara Ring. And uh, anyway, I got three days riding the bike. Um, so I ended up riding this this my first first proper. Ride around a track on a bike was a, a super stock thou around Hungara Ring, which is like start finish straight. If you've ever seen the Hungara Ring, it's, like, it's, nearly as long as it, it's nearly as long as it is wide. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, yeah, I, I read the I read this X10 around Hungara Ring the first time. I read steady away, just wobbling around. And then I came back and I, saw, literally, I, I think I flew back on the, mon- uh, flew on the Monday night. By the Wednesday, I'd sold my bikes. And by the Friday, I'd bought a ZX6. And it was sort of like as quick as that within five days from landing to 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 buying a bike I was like this is what we're doing so i did two track days and then booked me acu and 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 sort of i think i was 2018 19 i think it was yeah my first season so you so you so did yeah. one se- so you did one season as a rookie then jumped, novice, yeah then jumped, no, well <clears throat> yeah that's right yeah yeah so one season with your novice fest then jumped straight into the pre-nationals won that yeah. And you didn't yeah. just—is it fair to say you didn't just win it? You won it fucking convincingly as well. Uh, I think if I think if you're humble about it, um, I just played the cards well. So it was the year that COVID came, yeah. and obviously everything got shut down, and, and nobody was getting to ride. And I was—I lived close to Fat Cats Motor Park, so I was riding the pit bike up there quite a lot. And after my novice year, the one thing I thought was holding back, I didn't know the circuits. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd never been around them before, so I didn't know the circuits. And I thought, the only way to get fast is know where I'm going. Yeah. So uh, everyone never got locked down. I saved my money up over them. I can't remember how long, six months was we locked, locked up. So I saved my money and um, raised quite a, a, a bit of money, to be fair, because I wasn't spending anything. And as soon as No Limits released, like, we are going to do some track days, I got on the old track day thing, and I think I, I booked like three track days a day, three track days a week for until racing started. So I, I did something like thirty six track days before the season kicked off. Jesus! And and by the time we got to Donington Park round one, um, we did the test day, and I, I looked at my missus and said, "I feel fast. Nobody's come by me all day, and I feel on it." I said, yeah. "I think I'm, I'm I'm on for you know a podium or fighting for a podium. You know, top three, I've been mega happy." Like. Because my expectations of racing was only ever to do club stuff. Like I wasn't the British stuff was like a pipe dream. It was just go and do club <laughs> stuff and enjoy it. So went out in qualifying and uh, came in after qualifying. I, I qualified on pole by I think it was two and a half seconds clear of everybody. Yeah, it was like you know we'll have a bit of that. So dead happy with that. And then we did the first race. And I think I won the first race by about eighteen seconds. Yeah, um, and that's sort of pretty much how the year went on um, until the last round at Cadwell Park. It was like iffy weather. And I bought a new ZX6. And in my brain, I thought, you know, the new Z- if I buy a new ZX6, it's going to be identical to the old ZX6, just a newer bike, a bit faster. Is that when you went from the 600 to the 636? Yeah, completely yeah, yeah. different beast. Could not ride it. I've never been out of the saddle more times in my life. 
just in lap trying to get around Cadwell Park on this new 636. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's sort of how the year went. So I won that championship. I think I went into the last round with like 130 points clear of everybody. So I think I'd won every race bar one. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the one I didn't re- race, a, a good friend of mine now, but he wasn't so much friends at the time, T-boned me at the uh, hairpin at Mallory and run us both onto the grass in the last lap. And um, Brandon McCabe, um, another good good, good mate of mine, he, he got the win. Um, coincidentally, <clears throat> meeting him on the inlap, I went to give him a thumbs up on the inlap. He went to do a big stonking wheelie and ridden to the side of me and fell off. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> in the, the, the room around the paddock was that I'd kicked him off on the inlap. <laughs> That's mega. <laughs> His first race win, we chucked him down the road. <laughs> Jesus. So, with 36 track days in before the season started, I would imagine it wasn't just a case of knowing your way around the tracks that helped you out your bike fitness as well has got to have been oh, phenomenal. Yeah, the bike fitness was good, but when, I, when I'm when I'm talking to anybody that wants to go and win a championship, especially at a pre-national level, I always say anybody can get that fast. What they can do is, if you're prepared to spend enough time in the seat, you, anybody can get to that sort of level. Um, but it's all the first three laps. Like, when I won the pre-national, it was the first three laps. You go out and I pushed and went as fast as I could. My, first, my fastest lap on TSL was my first flying lap of the race. And after that, it was like a track day pace. Because you, you made the gap. You got yourself that fast. And we found with club racing, in it, <clears throat> when people set off, they set off and they build up into it. And they, you end up seeing towards the end of the race, they have the fastest laps. Whereas, if you can do it upside down and set the fastest lap at the beginning, you then can control the distance. You, you control, you watch your pit board if you've got a pit board or a lap timer and you can sort of manage it instead of trying to you know, build up to it. And I think that's a key to, to winning any sort of club championship is being able to put your fastest lap in on your first wine lap. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? I think, I think fair to say my, my fastest laps have been somewhat mid, uh, mid-stint. I don't think they've been somewhat near the end. They've been mid, but... So you're, a, you're a grower, not a shower? <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely a grower, not a shower. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't even going to feed you any of the lies. It's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, no, I, I've only ever done the endurance stuff. So f- last season, I was probably the guy that was picked to start most races. And it wasn't necessarily based on pace or anything like that. I thought it was just based on you've probably got the balls to, to go in into that first corner amongst them 40, 40 odd um, riders. Um, and when you're, when you're picked to do that by your team, I think it's difficult to turn around and say, no, I'm not doing that. So you just run with it. Don't you? Yeah. I, but, um, I, I, I don't know. Cause I've never raced endurance. Um, yeah. It's probably the same as sprints to be fair. You're all heading for that. Same. Uh, tarmac. Yeah. 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 Um, at the same time, and I guess it's who's got the biggest balls to get there first and 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 uh, and and carry it through. So I was always shit off the front of the grid. Whereas if I started towards the back, I, w- I was a damn sight better going into turn one, and my opening laps were a damn sight faster. Yeah. I've got quite a funny story about my uh, about starting from the front of the grid. <clears throat> so my first novice race. I wasn't quite fast enough to get in the pre-national, so I went in the cup race, and I, and I was pole. Mm. And it was my first ever race, Donington Park. <clears throat> Bearing in mind, I've done two track days, me, ACU, boom, gone racing. So I'm sat on pole in the cup race, which is like the, like a non-qualifiers race for the pre-national. Yeah. And um, I'm sat there, you know, buzzing. 
Anyway, set off the grid. I'm like, oh, off the grid. And everybody comes screaming past me. And I've got this thing pinned. And everybody comes screaming past me. And then I sort of get going. And then at the end of the race, I, I came in. And I, I don't know where I finished, but I came in. And somebody said to me, said, what's up with your bike? It's like, what do you mean? So off the line, it is dog slow. Like, dog slow. I mean, I'm slipping the clutch to get it going. And it's, mm. it's dog slow. I said, uh, what gear are you setting off? And I went, second. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, told me, nobody told me I'd come from motocross where you yeah, always yeah. set off in second. So I'd sat on the grid, banged it in second, and like, oh, sat, woo, 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 all, all the way down to that When you tipped up to Lime, were you bouncing your forks trying to get your uh, your launch? Yeah, all shot the rise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's that's a true story. That yeah, I was slipping the clutch like a like a good and trying to get it into turn one. Wait, <laughs> you, you know what though? Flip it on its head. When I started motocross last year, people were taking the piss out of me because I was trying to set off on a CRF four fifty in first, and wondering why the fucking front wheel would flying upwards. Yeah, it would do, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've had any problems like that, but um, so because because I've only done the endurance, I can only refer to it. In that sense, we start off, you run across the track like a, you would a Le Mans-style race. You jump on the bike, you've got to start it, and then off. you know, you put it in gear and off you go. I I struggle with all of that. I struggle with the running. <laughs> I struggle with the getting on the bike. I struggle with starting the fucker, putting it in gear, then fucking off. I get them all asked the face, you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, asked about. Asked about first. Ask about face is what they say, don't they? Yeah. I'll get on I mean, it. The, the next worst thing is you could say you'd rid of Ducati and then start and it would be even a bigger problem, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you could. Yeah. But yeah, my, I think my, my biggest problem I had was, I'm trying to think where it was now. I started, it was at Cadwell. I'd started the bike and I went to pull away and in my head I thought, it doesn't sound like it started because I could hear you know, 30 other bikes. I couldn't hear my bike. So I went to pull away and I thought, nah, this isn't So I went to pull away again and then realised I hadn't put it in gear, put it in gear, went to pull away, almost fucking fell over. <laughs> um, I remember when I, uh, I got, when I, when I think was it last year, the year before? Maybe it was the year before, the first year I did after pre-national. Um, I went all hot. I went, went and got like a, a Woolwich Flash and Pit Lane Limited, Quick Shifter, you know, and this, and, and it was, this bike was like, the, the latest model ZX6, yeah. you know, and I, you know, you love like down pit lane, bang the pit lane, and it sounds awesome going down pit lane. Anyway, was at um, Mallory, Mallory Park, and, and um, going down pit lane, I must have clicked second, and uh, pit lane limiter only works in first, so I've clicked second, and I pulled out, and I'm getting going around Jevard thinking the quick shifter's not working. Uh, not realised, got to the air pin, put it back to first, and went to hit the throttle in the middle of the air pin, and the pit lane limiter came on. Because <laughs> I've shifted, shifted gear, I'd left the pit lane limiter, it only works in first, so I'd only ever noticed the pit lane limiter if we ever went back to first, and the air pin used first gear. And yeah. there, I had an old motocross dab of the foot to keep the bike up. Wow. Bloody hell. It's, is that the, the, bus stop, the bus stop chicane you were taking in first? No, the hairpin one before. All oh, right, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That's one of the biggest differences between the Kawasaki six hundred and the six three six is first gear. First gear is a lot taller on the six three six, so it's, it's usable. So Cadwell Park, you go back to first twice. So you do the chicane in first and do the old hairpin in first. Yeah, yeah. 
And you can first you wears in the old six hundred. It was that tall of a gear. It's quite unusable. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's what's been your most memorable race, Benny? A memorable race. Um, I think <clears throat> not for different reasons. There's, I think Alton Park. Well, both times, both I've got two good races. One from last year and one from the pre-national year. The one in the pre-national year was I had I was I'd, I'd lead in the race was about seven seconds clear, and um, I eased off on like two laps to go, eased off, and uh, I had Tom Major and Jack Pierce uh, behind me, um, and seven seven seconds to go, come round, next lap round, five and a half seconds clear, you know, still comfortable margin, and what I'd not calculated for was hitting lappers. And I hit a lapper. Yeah. At, uh, is it? Um, you come down over Clay Hill, down to the chicane at the bottom. Yeah. And this lap, this, this lapper, and I can't remember what his name was, but he, he was, he was sort of like in all the places you didn't want him to be or didn't expect him. So he was like, whoop, 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 behind him. Yeah. And it cost me five and a half seconds. <laughs> and um, I remember we was going up over Clay, and and on the last lap, I could hear uh, Tom Major's triumph screaming behind me, and. Uh, you know, I only just picked him on the line. But yeah, that was that was pressure wise, all the way it went from dead easy to like really like stressful. And then last year Alton Park was BSB Alton Park, the second Alton Park. So obviously it was still my like rookie season at, at BSB. But I'd only wild card in just to sort of get a flavour of where I'd be if I if I did go. And um I'd had a, I'd had a shit qualify had a shit free practice one, um, because it was wet. Um, and then I had a shit free practice too because the fuel pump had gone. But because it was wet in the first one, you couldn't necessarily feel the fuel pump was dropping out. So in the second one, it wasn't until you get down the back straight and the bike's absolutely flat as a fart and you think, yeah. fuel pump. So then I, went into, so I went into qualifying and uh, again, shit, the, the times was like a second off what I'd done the, like a couple of weekends before with Thundersport. Um, and uh, I had like Dave and a couple of the guys, guys around me, um, like really spurred me up. I went out in the, the, the morning warm up on the Sunday before the feature race. And um, in the warm up, I went like two seconds faster than I'd done the day before. Like, I think I did a 42 something, I think I did um, at Alton. I did a 42 something, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on for it. And then yeah. um, we went out in the race, and there was, um, I was behind, like, there was, uh, Maxingham, um, is it Luke Jones on the Ducati? Um, and it was all of a sudden, like Paul Jordan, you know, I was in front of Paul Jordan, and all of a sudden, I'd gone from being this club lad that had come from, you know, only been riding a road bike. I'd never had a road bike before in my life, yeah, yeah. before coming racing. I'd never, not got a road license or anything like that. Um, jumped on a road bike four years ago, went to BSB, and all of a sudden, you're knocking around the points, like, you know, you could t- almost taste the points in front of you. Um, mm. And that really spurred me on. Unfortunately, I did crash. So that, that I didn't finish the race. But for me, that was quite a big confidence boost. Because I suffer with self-doubt quite a lot. Like, yeah. I do doubt that. I, I come across as a real, real confident person. But, you know, in, in the, like, when you sat alone at night, you know, you sort of think to yourself, I'm as good as what I think I am. Or, you know, have I overread this? Or have I said that? Or is that right? And, you know, I do suffer a bit with self-doubt, but that was real confidence boost to say, you know what, I am quick enough to go and run yeah. with these boys. But you went and, well, you went and did a wild card at Donington as well, didn't you? Because that's where I bumped into you. 
in yeah. So at Donington, I think scored well three there. points. In, yeah, 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 yeah. I think scored three points at Donington. Yeah, which is again to say you you know British Championship point scorer after four seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's not a, not a bad screen really. Yeah, uh, it's, I I've got to admit I I did my rookie season uh, race with no limits, race with Emra, uh, raced at Darley. And I felt like my pace was all right for as far as rookies go, especially if one that's over 40 and fat. But um, yeah, you're not supposed to say, yeah, you fucking fell. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, you are. <laughs> when, I, when, I, all right, when I stepped up to uh, Clubman and I went in with that uh, Thundersport paddock, I could not believe I tipped up to Cadwell Park. I was quite confident that, not that I'd set the world alight, but at least that I'd go away with a signature. I knew I could go around there, top end of 130s, so 138s, 139s, and I honestly thought that that would have been good enough for the signature, for that 92.5% of the winner's time. I did not expect the winner of the race to be banging out 128s, though. And I managed, I managed to get my lap times down to 136, I think it was. And then I didn't run out of talent. I run out of fucking energy. <laughs> Literally, I was absolutely gassed. And I want, you know, when you get brain fog because you're not getting as much oxygen to your brain. That's yeah. that's what it felt like. And I literally went stupid on the bike. Um, and yeah, corners were coming at me faster than I was able to process, which I've never experienced before. And it was just down to my fitness. Uh, to- I'm pumped to killer for me. Yeah. I mean, my first BSB ride was in 2021, and I did I did a Donington, I did one wildcard that year. It was Donington Park, and um, obviously we do club meetings, so we do like you do your pre-nationals, what eight laps, and then I went to they did the Prelly Super Series last year, which is you know their big old races like 15 laps, yeah. you know 16 laps. I think we did 22 laps of like Brands India or something. So it's like the big old races, but yeah. We'll go do the, the feature race at BSB. I think we did like 20 laps of Donny GP. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the minute the race is like 40 minutes long. Yeah. And I remember getting to something like, I've got riding around on lap 12 or something. I'm looking looking up and like, see how many laps to go. And I was like, oh my God. Like, just, just I felt like pulling in. I just yeah, couldn't yeah. Not hold on anymore. You know, everything had gone to pot. I think, I think the big, I think the big race around Cadwell with Thundersport, because I was, I was in the cup. Um, and I'm pretty sure that were 12 laps. And I remember getting about like eight laps in thinking, oh my God, is this fucking race going to end yet or what? Uh, it yeah, just got yeah. just got to, it got to the point where you're going around Chris um, and you, you're you thankful of the rest. You know, you, that big long sweeping uh, right under, you're just thankful yeah. for the rest at that point because there's nowhere else on the circuit where you actually get a break. The problem the, the problem is then once, once you get that in your brain that you want the race to end, you know, the next... Four, three, four, five laps are like the longest five laps of your yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're just holding on, aren't you? So that yeah, self that self doubt that you say that you have, Benny. How do you get over that? <clears throat> it's a tough one. I mean, um, even this week, for instance, you know, I, I'm so on the British on the British paddock. I wouldn't put a mortgage on it, but I'm pretty certain I'm the only rider sitting on an engine he's built himself. Um, and I've obviously I've, I've fitted Motec to my bike. Um, 
and the bike wasn't running right. And the first thing I did was blame myself. Like, oh, I've, mm. I've done something wrong. I've, I've, there's a valve leaking. There's this, there's that. You know, have I done this? Have I done that? And, you know, and, and absolutely. I mean, I was on the phone to Dave, um, the team owner from Merlin, Merlin Motorsports. And I practically just chewed his face off. I was like, rrr, rrr, down the phone, you know, I'm fed up with bikes. That's it. I'm done. I'm packing in. I'm, you know, just out of pure, I don't know, frustration, rage, you know, doubting myself. You know, it, it, people see from the outside that racing's, racing's this great thing you do and it must be yeah. really lovely. But people don't understand how much stress goes into it. Yeah. Know? When you're building your own engines, you know, you've got to find the money. You've got to find sponsorship if you can. If you can't, you've got to do overtime to try and pay for your extra tyres. And it's it's a thankless task, really, at times. And I think the self-doubt side of it is, you know, you what I think you have to do is accept that no matter where you go, you will be shit to somebody. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people, when I run the pre-national year, you know, you get accused of cheating. You know, he's got a, he's got a, you know, six six three six before the six three six was legal in that class. You've got a six three six mug. I didn't. I had a five and a half thousand pound, five and a half thousand mile road engine. Yeah. The bike, the engine had never been out of the bike. It was just a stocker. You know. Yeah. And the self doubt of it, I think you just need to convince yourself that to somebody will always be shit. So to me, to I don't know, Jack Kennedy, I'm shit. Mm. Um. I think then Jack my, Kennedy. I think, I think to most people on a six hundred. Yeah, Jack Jack Kennedy's just like next level on a six. Isn't he? Oh, he's next level. But even again, you know, you go to Worlds, somebody will think Jack Kennedy's shit. Yeah. You know, he's gone to Superbike now. I'm sure Josh Brooks thinks he's shit. You know, mm. and that's just racist mentality because it's such competitive sport. You, you see it in the paddock, you see people who are friends, who, who, you know, before, and then all of a sudden they get to a level, they start taking it a little bit serious. And these people stop talking to each other because they're quite yeah. a similar ability. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, it becomes dead competitive. And then once one person beats the other and it, it, it's quite evident that one's a lot faster than the other or and you accept that that person's better than you, then you can talk again. It's, it's yeah. just such a strange you competitive get, environment. You get, you, get to, you get to that level as well where the difference between winning and coming second is marginal gains. And some of those yeah. marginal gains is the psychology side of it. Hence why people, yeah, people don't, say that. don't want to give I've away the cards. I've never, ever, ever, ever played that game like it. Yeah. Right. One, I don't think I'm clever enough to, to play a game. Um, but but two, I think, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's with the self-doubt side of it, I think um, whether somebody tells me I'm shit or good or whatever, like if someone says, yeah, you're brilliant, yeah, it's good for like that 30, second, 30 seconds or five minutes you stand talking to that person. But still, like a couple of days later, you like in your head, and maybe that's why, maybe that's why I've, I've I've done relatively well in the short time I've been racing. Yeah, um, it's because I'm so hard on myself to to do the best I can do, do with what can, I've yeah. got. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. And that's just how I look at it. I think as long as I can do the best I can do with what I've got, and some people say, you know. The club racing scene is getting out of hand in terms of cost. It used to be you go and buy a road bike, you chuck a road bike, check the fairings off, chuck a set of track fairings and go and have a go. Whereas the club racing game now has got to a point where you know, the boys at the front are spending similar money to the boys are at Supersport at British Club. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. And 
if you can't beat them, you join them. Like it's it's just that's how it is. So you yeah. know, there's people there's people saying, well, it's not fair that you spent you know, best part of twenty grand on a bike, and we can only afford a five grand R six. But the rules are the rules. You know, if if you can afford to go and buy a twenty, if I could afford to go and buy a, a you know Jack Kennedy's bike, you see, it on, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, it was like sixty grand. I would go and buy it. Like, there's no ifs, buts, and maybes. I wouldn't think about it for two seconds. Think, oh, yeah. what's people going to say when I turn up on Jack Kennedy's you know, Super Sport? It's the best equipment that is available. And if you can afford it, go and buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's ways of keeping racing cheap. And uh, uh, Colin Hitwell, who's um, Colin and Dean run CD8 Superbike team, when I first set out, racing uh colin used to come colin was an old friend of my dad so he used to come across and give me some, some pointers and uh i think the easiest thing for club racers to do is go and paint the bike fancy colors and put nice stickers on it and he comes old forget all that shite yeah he said put a set of bang up fair because if you have a nice bike when you first set out you're actually quite without realizing you're actually quite scared of crashing it yeah yeah, yeah you're proud of it aren't you yeah you're Much. too proud of it you think i can't afford to replace it if i can't wheel it and uh I literally had a set of old fairings that had more fiberglass in them that you'd ever seen. Yeah. Rattle can black with a couple of decals on it. It looked all right. It was like, if you, you know, when it went past 100 mile an hour, it looked okay. We stood that, close to it. That, that's all I did in my first season, just rattle can. Best way, just, and just spend your money on, not even on tyres. Like people, people say there's like a second in a new set of tyres from a set of scrub set of tyres. It's bollocks. Yeah. The actual, at, at, at our level, at club that, level, that's psychological. It's yeah. It's psychological. It's all yeah. psych- confidence. Yeah. You know, when you get to the sharp end, you know, you get to um, British level or the front of club level, I think then tyres start to play a, play a factor. But I know I've, I've, I think I've done it some part this year. I was on scrubs. So I did something stupid, like 20 meetings last year. I did like Thundersport. I did Prelly Super Series and a few wild cards at British. I was riding anything and everything last year. Every other weekend, I was out on the bike. And towards the end of the year, I was skinned. I had no yeah. more money left. And I was riding on old scrubs that people was giving me. You know, Finley Arscott was giving me scrubs. I was using Finley Arscott's brake pads at the end of the year because I couldn't yeah. afford, to, you know, I'd, I'd used everything I had available to. So I was borrowing, begging and stealing, like, use brake pads, you, you know, use, use tires and everything. And then Finley's, no, I had a brand new set of tires, I think, in the van. And I put them on for the last race. I went half a second slower than I did earlier on in the day on some tyres. I think the front tyre had done 90 laps. Jesus. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's all in your head, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that you said about... Point. Uh, I did do a lot of crashing. I did do a lot of crashing last year. So take my advice with a pinch of salt. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, but that what you say about the, uh, the decals are... Uh, I, I went and I went and spent money on on decals for the Fireblade last season. Um, gave the bike to Chalky down in Coventry. Um, did a sterling job. And from the first race meet I went to with that bike, all the photographers around the circuit would, were commenting on how good the bike looked. And as a natural consequence of that, there was more photos taken of it. And as a direct result of there being more photos, I was able to actually get a sponsor last year. Which I was pretty chuffed with. So for me, shelling out that money on the on the design, it actually did bring in a couple of grand. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, straight out of the bat, going and spending 
like we think about it, decent fairings, decent paint, decent thing. You're looking at two grand before you've even turned a wheel with that lot, are you? Yeah, easy, easy. I mean, the CRC fairings now are like what seven fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got somebody else to pay with that for me last year. <laughs> I went, I went to, I, I asked about five of my mates who have got businesses, and I said, look, I don't have my own business, as you know. Do you fancy promoting your business on the side of my bike? And it's going to cost you this. Um, and um, one of me, two, two of my mates said, yeah, one of them came back saying, yeah, definitely I'll do it. And then straight after another one of my mates texted me and he said, yeah, hundred percent. I'll, do you need the money now or, or ever? And um, I thought to myself, I feel kind of guilty now. I've got two, two friends saying that they would cover that cost. Um, and then, I sat dwelling about it and I just thought, I'm just going to have to say to one of them, like, you know, I'll go with you. Mm. So um, I, I, just, I, I said to my wife, I said to her, like, what would you do? I'm, I'm torn now. I feel like I've I've asked two mates to help me out. They've both said, yeah, now I've got to let one down. And she said, look, you're thinking about it wrong. Just go back to one of them and just say, like, okay, fine. Um, you can do it next year if you want. And then um, so we, we took the bike off. Um, we had some CRC fairings fitted, had it painted, had them wrapped, and I didn't cover the cost of that at all. And then yeah. this year, I've got new fairings. I, I I chose a different fairing supplier this year, um, not through choice, but more coerced by a friend into doing so. So I did that, had them painted, and I have had them wrapped but the agreement with my employer um i went to my boss at um at dawson group and i said to him look i'm gonna need a van so i want i want i want a van but i'm gonna need it a fair few times you know a whole weekend at least eight times and he just emailed me back which i wasn't expecting saying send me some photographs of what you what you're doing uh what you want to achieve and what you want from us so um, I sent him some photos from last year's racing and I said, um, I just want a van. This is what I want to do. This is what it's going to cost me. This is how I plan on going about it. And he come back and he said, we'll help you with some some, some parts, tyres. He said, we'll cover the cost of that. He said, but yeah, I want uh, the name on the bike. So I, I booked it all. And he, he then said, um, in return, we'll give you a van as well. So I looked at what it would have cost me to rent a van because I don't have one of my own. And I thought that in itself, you know, to, to, to spend a cost on getting some fairings painted and, and wrapped the van alone would have cost me a couple of grand just to yeah. hire every time. The key, the key so, to all the, the key to all that though, Jamie is the word friends. Yeah. It's yeah, friends yeah, that yeah. helping you. The thing that makes it don't make me laugh, but the thing that I always question is when you see people on Facebook club races, this is, and they'll they'll put a comment about um, get in touch, and you can put your business name on the bike um, for X amount of pack, two grand or whatever. And for me, it's it's the wrong place to be asking that question. If it's your mates and you're having a verbal conversation, like you say, Jamie, that's gonna that's gonna come to a fruition because your mates want to help you out. But if I was yeah. a business owner and I see that on Facebook, the only thing that I'm gonna do is go no, because I've got Facebook ads where I can target my audience to the exact demographic that I want to hit. And it's only going yeah, to cost yeah. me twenty quid. You know what I mean? They've either got to be a fan of the fan of the sport, or they've got to be, for want of a better term, a fan of you. And yeah. I think it's the same getting people to help you in the pits as well. I, mean, I don't know what your experience has been of that. But I struggled last year, 
um so we we pretty much well we were very lucky so at the beginning part of the season um uh we had Jamie Buchanan he kind of just turned up and and offered to help and none of Jamie's us really, got a habit of doing that we, none of us really knew who he was i remember looking at the boys going is he your mate and <laughs> it, you could you could tell you could tell he knew exactly what he was doing um and you know if he if there was a problem um he would have the answer so it without a doubt you knew that he'd been there he'd done it before but none of us knew who he was and i said to uh I said to ben varley was talking to him at um what round at, at silverstone our first round last year and i walked up to him afterwards and i was like he's your mate then is he he went no i thought he was with you <laughs> I said, no, I thought it was your mate. He's gone, no. We, so we didn't really know where he'd come from. And it was only when I'd realised, I went onto my Facebook and I thought, I'm going to look at this guy up. Like, where's he come from? I realised I had a conversation with him about six months before and said, yeah, I'm going to be racing. And he's like, I'll come and help you. And I just was very flippant with it. I was like, okay, fine. Didn't expect it. But he turned up. He's class And he lad. knew what he he's was talking lad. about. He got, he, got, he got massively involved. He was very helpful. Um, you know, I, I would sit and do something on my bike and he'd come round and check it. Like, and I'd be watching him checking what I've just done. And I'm thinking, I was I didn't weren't expecting none of that. I know that's done. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your your, your pedigree is or anything, but you know what you're doing. If you want to double check it, then then fine. So um he, he's like invested in racing that obviously he was supposed to be racing with uh, no limits last season. But then yeah, the, that's right, the, yeah. ar- the army, the bastards, went and promoted him and posted him to Germany. He's, Stuck him in Germany, didn't they? He's now racing, club racing in Germany, though. In Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, so I, I, think lost, that's mega. I lost him to the Germans. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so then uh, when we... When, if you kind of rewind up, up back a bit, when we was doing our ACU, um, Dave Gregory was our instructor um test examiner i don't know what you want to want to want to call the title and i got on really well with him when we was doing the the the, the riding element of it um he'd come back to me afterwards and he'd gone that was that was brilliant in terms of a, a safety perspective you did really well you was at the right place at the right time every you know everyone that was on the grid with you you've 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 beat them really good. only thing i'd say is when you see the checker flag he said don't relax he said, the race is to the checker flag. Don't see it and go, oh, you know, I'll relax off a bit now because I'm a, I'm about 200 metres ahead of everyone. He said, just keep pinning it. Um, so he said, I might I might come and spend some time with you. And I, again, I just went, yeah, all right, that'd be good. So when Jamie, when Bucks had gone to Germany, Dave Gregory turned up um, again out of the blue. He said, oh, I'm going to help you. And I thought, this is, this is brilliant. And um, I think that's testimony to you, though, mate. Because you might have a fat head, but you're actually a decent geezer. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and well, I'm I'm fit as fuck as well. You know, you've seen me. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, when um, so he he turned up and he. he you know, the funny thing is, though, when he, says, when he says that is <clears throat> the first time I met Jamie, I was looking for my daughter, and I was looking all around <laughs> for her, and someone went, "Ah, oh, in the back of Jamie's van." <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Um, so she was, um, she was sat playing with Jamie's son. 
Well, well, played on the iPods in the back of his van. Which yeah, where's where's Daisy going? Oh, she's in the back of Jamie's van. Do <laughs> <laughs> you even know this guy? This guy called Jamie. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Well, they, so Dave, Dave Gregory just kind of naturally, prog- he just you know turned up, wanted to help, and um, he was like, right, no, don't do this, don't don't do that, and you had to really listen to him because he was forcing his knowledge on you, and you yeah. couldn't say, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. He come to every round. Um, he, he he didn't need to. He turned up. I was offering, you know, do you need a hotel? No, it's fine. I've got me van. I'm staying in that. He, he turned up a. Anglesey with us, he's been brilliant. He's he's now a really good friend of mine. Um, it, even at club racing, though, you need those people around you, don't you? You do, yeah, yeah, you uh, do. Uh, have you I, found? I, I, have you found it, Benny, moving up to the national paddock? If if you had a team of people move up there with you, no. So one of my one of my biggest problems. So um, because I come from that sort of world, I have a I'm I'm a bit of a not to, not to quote myself, but I'm a bit of a you know. Have you, have you watched the documentaries? It Road, where Guy yeah. Martin's yeah, yeah. riding, riding with Ray. Wilson Craig basically says this guy's a fucking nightmare because he like because he has a particular way he wants things done because that's yeah. how he does it, and because he, he he's, he's I think he's a relatively good mechanic. I don't really, I don't know Guy, but you know from what you hear, he's he's quite a good mechanic, so he likes things done his way. Yeah, Wilson yeah. Craig and his team are also good mechanics, and they're trying to do it their way, and he is like, let's get on the job and. Um, so yeah, I have been quite. I suppose I like things done my own way, and it's finding somebody that's willing to work your way to give you the confidence to go and ride the bike. And yeah. uh, I, I've had a, you know, I had um, a good couple of guys. I had a guy called Rob Hubber who used to work with years ago when I was an apprentice, and he's quite a good friend of mine. He came for a little while. Um, but difficulties you find is finding somebody consistent that's willing to give. It's a big part of your life, you know. You, yeah. you, know, you think you're racing. I mean, the British paddock. It's eleven rounds a year. But you go on a Wednesday night, you, you know, you don't go home until Sunday night. If you're not ill, you're not home until Monday night. You know, it's yeah, you, you're practically yeah. there for a week sometimes. Yeah. So I got a, I got another lad coming along called uh, Grant um, Chesney, we call him, and uh, you probably can imagine why. <laughs> um, but he's, uh, he's a sound kid, you know, he's, he's a plant fitter, just like with my background. And um, we had a we had a method called clicking off, and it's where we, I've got a torque wrench for every bolt on the bike. And before I ride the bike, just before I go out, he'll say, don't to click it off. Like, yes, please. And he'll go around and I'll sit and watch him click the torque wrench off and all the bolts. Because I then I know when I'm riding the bike, one of the wheels isn't going to fall out. Yeah. And um, so this year, like, like a few people said, I, I don't understand why you've why you've gone in a team like what you know, riding your own bike in a team. What what's in it for you? Because, you know, I've built the bikes, I've built the engines for for all the riders in the team as sort of my contribution. So I've done a couple of, I've got a bit of a specialist for the Ninja 400s and the 600s. Kawasaki's is my bag. But everybody says, well, what's the point? And the point is that Dave, who owns it, has been quite a consistent in my racing career. Although he's been, his lad, Zach Shelton's riding junior superstock 600. Quite a good rider, real handy rider on the on the old pit bike job. Um, but he's he's looking towards a sharp end of the stock six now. And we've got um, a young Jack Smith. But Dave's always been a constant. He's always been around, you know, I've helped him build his lad's bikes for him when he was just coming from pit bikes into road racing. I built the bike for him. Um, and going to ride for Dave in, 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 in the Merlin team is it's having that constant there. I yeah. think it's quite important to have something, you know, because I, I did a wild card earlier on last year at Donington. And I ended up with like 
stupid amount of people helping me, but it's because like you'd, you'd ring one. I mean, Aaron Hams was I think the next guest. He was, yeah. he came with me as well. He was one of the guys. But you bring one lad up and you say, hey, "Can you come and help me?" Don't you? Yeah, I'll be here. I can do um, I can do Friday and Saturday, but I can't do Sunday because I'm working. And at that point, you feel like, well, I can't say you can't come. Yeah. Like, All oh, right, yeah, brilliant, that's brilliant. And then I, I rang somebody else. Hey, can you help me, Donington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do. Um, uh, I can only do Sunday because I'm working. All right, okay. So what happened was I had like loads of people. Like it was like shift changes in the weekend, yeah. which is like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, Aaron came. Aaron did Saturday and Sunday, but he couldn't do the Friday because he was working. And so we ended up with like loads of like more people than I needed, but they were overlapping. Yeah. And uh, my best my best friend. Um, Smig, who we've been friends forever, he's, uh, he's he's currently working for Red Bull. Uh, well, he's not. He's working for Gold Engineering, which builds like uh, carbon composite wings and stuff for you know brake right, yeah. and stuff, all that sort of stuff. But he he, he actually one of the stories that he he, he he won't tell you unless you directly ask him because he's, he's he's quite a humble guy. He doesn't really tell you much about himself. Is um, he built the winning engine for the Le Mans Twenty Four Hour in a McLaren? And um, you know he's had a real good he's had a real good career in doing what he's doing the car stuff. Obviously, I went down the bike path, and he he was there for the weekend. And I remember me sat on the grid, and I was just nervous because I know there'd been so many hands on the bike, and I'd not really been able to control what had gone off. Yeah, there wasn't a, a crew chief or so, somebody that's controlled the whole operation. I remember me sat there being nervous, thinking, and I'm not nervous about riding on. I'm actually thinking about you know the bike and. Been sat on the grid thinking because the BSP that holds you for a long time on the grid yeah. and you have a lot of time to think. And at that point, you, when you start thinking about is a bike gonna, you know, is one of the brake calipers gonna fall off? Yeah, I remember, I remember turning, turning to Smig and saying, Smig, are you happy? If you're happy, I'm gonna be happy. And he went, The bike's sound, mate. He's, I'm happy. I'm yeah. like, Right, and at that point, that gone. Yeah, so I think it's quite important to have somebody that's a constant, and I know it's, I think it is quite hard. And even if that constant sometimes have to, has to be you. So I've never really had anybody spanner for me up to the point after winning the pre-national year. So a lot of times, like last year, you'd have seen, you know, I'd have been doing it on my own. You know, yeah. I'd go out and do a qualifying, and the gearbox would play, I mean, typical Kawasaki gearbox, and then I'd end up reshimming the gear. I'd be on the garage floor, there'd be a gearbox spread all over the garage floor that I'd stripped down, and I'd be reshelling it. And then yeah. I met another guy while I was doing that once, where Russell Brook, I don't know if you know, Brookie, Brookbilt to call him. He's a Yamaha guy, and uh, he builds Yamaha engines. Similar to me, he's, he's, he raced in BSB back in, like, 1765 with Fred Flintstone. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, he's, a, he's been a real good, like, mentor as such, in not yeah. so much in the riding side of it, but more just in like, life skills. He's, he's been like, you know, a hand on your shoulder at times, you know, where uh, you had to about fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had to about to fall off. You know, you've got a gearbox playing up or... Something isn't going right, and because there's a lot of passion involved, it's dead easy for your head to fall off. And, and he's been quite good at just putting your hand on your shoulder and saying, "Come with me, son." That's that's. Yeah. It's, I'd I'd get in my my first season. I had a guy called Andy, Andy Jenkins doing the same it, thing. It's, you just need that that person that just guided mind, and he's he's been good. I mean, I think last year at Snetterton with Thundersport, um, I had a gearbox hit itself, and. Um, I reshimmed it, put it all back together, and we and, and there's something wasn't right with it. So Russ helped me out. We played around with it. We, we got this gearbox right, put it in. Went out to qualify. I didn't know if this gearbox was going to lock up or not. 
And uh, it was sort of that fuck it mentality. But before that, I was like doubting whether I was going to, I was thinking about going home. Yeah. And uh, Russ was like, no, 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 it'd be all right, it'd be right. And he, he, he put that fuck it mentality into me. He was like, it'll be fine. Just fuck yeah. it, it'll be fine. So I went out and I and, you know, qualified, best of qualified all year. And then I went on to get a third that weekend in the Elite 600s. Mm. And um, and then later on in the year, was at Brand Jacks, another gearbox problem. And I, I literally, I'd had this gearbox in now, this Kawasaki. I don't know, four times, five times. I was at the point as well, I'm going to start crying and just go home because I was fed up. And there was, uh, Russ Brook was in the garage with me again because Russ goes on his own as well. So it's good. We, we have sort of a team thing where sometimes I'll turn up on my own and he'll turn up on his own and we'll just buddy up. So if one of us spanners each, we can load each other's van and that's yeah. just sort of just buddied up because yeah, he's yeah. still riding. And um, so yeah, Russ, Russ again, that, I, I was about to start roaring and chuck the bike in the van and go home in a huff but you know he, again he just calmed me down cast an eye <laughs> over me put his hand on my shoulder and said now now let's 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 just get on with it so he uh, yeah he sorted he sorted he sorted me out again so he's, he's so he's coming next year as is my constant in in the Merlin team as well yeah. as Dave who's been a constant and and uh, and I've also got another a good mate uh, Joss who I met down at the Minimoto track where Daisy Daisy rides Minimotos and I teach the kids on Sunday morning doing Minimoto in so um, he's he's become a good friend, and I've probably only known him six months while I've been going down there. But he's become a good uh, become a good friend, and yeah. So it's, I think I think going fast is more than just riding a bike. It's about surrounding yourself with right people and yeah, building confidence yeah. in yourself. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. I said something similar on social media last night. Uh, there's a, a guy that I know that's a bit of a motorsports motor coach type of thing, um, and it, he put a, a comment out. About asking uh, basically how you prepare yourself mentally for for a race. Um, so I was on about the the old stuff like the visualisation of the track and like the use of music and all that kind of stuff. I said, but the bottom line, the difference between succeeding on the circuit and winning is the people around you. It's, it's not just a case of swinging a leg over a bike and turning the throttle. It's what happens yeah. before you do that and after afterwards as well. It's just as important. It's the yeah. it's the preparation that you know, when you when you're making a cake, it's not just about the ingredients; it's the tools that you use as well. And it's the same with you know getting out there and racing, throwing a leg over the bike. It's not just the equipment that you've got; it's not you that's that's riding; it's the support you've got around you and the people. So that's even that their attitude. That cake analogy is that yeah. I take it that's because you're wearing a no limits hoodie. Nothing. To no, do it's with not it. a no limits hoodie. It's um, it's, it's got it's, a fucking no limits badge on it. Your bell end. It's not just got an element program. It's got it's got it's got T3S on it. It's a team I'm I'm um, I'm racing with this year. So I do went do, to do, do, that in, do they do that in a large as well? <laughs> yeah. My 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 son. My, uh, you've you've met my son Benny, and so have you, Rich. He's um, he's nine is. years old. Now he's got his own clothing brand. He wanted a clothing brand, so I helped him set one up. So he's got his own website, clothing brand, everything, and I used that to make my own, um, you know, team wear for, for next season. So I've got these hoodies and T-shirts and jogging bottoms and shorts and hats and everything made up um, for myself and for my wife. And it's it's got T3S Racing on the front, who I'm racing for and with this year. I went to No Limits and asked Claire to sign off me putting No Limits Racing on the front there. And then on the back, I've got all my supporters and um everyone that's kind of helping us out. So on the nice. back, I've got David racing. Cause they've helped me do some, uh, some stuff on a dyno. 
Um, I've got Dawson Group. I've got um, my son's company on the back there because there's some of the money that we make from that going back into this to help me. So, um, so I've just designed, and that's why. And I, I got in. So basically, what you're doing, you're advocating child labour. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. well, he, he actually he does nothing. So we went. He decided he wanted to do something. He he was at school, and I think he did a day where they do a bit of sewing and all that sort of stuff. And he he come home and. Well, we, we were, there was an advert on the TV. I don't know if you've seen the advert. It was a, a father and a daughter. The daughter was being, uh, I think she was being bullied at school or something. And her dad said, do you want to talk to me? Um, so I watched that advert and I looked at my son and I said, do you have any bullies at school? And he said, yeah. And I said, do you have any problems with them? He said, no, but my friends do. And I said, well, if you've got any problems, you know, you can talk to me. And he went, well, there is one thing. So we went in the kitchen because he didn't want to tell my wife because she's a bit, you know, a bit overprotective in that sense. So we went in the kitchen and I said, what's the matter? And he said, I really want to start my own clothing company, but I'm worried that we won't have enough money to do it when I'm older. And I went, well, we'll do it now then. So I created a website. We went to a supplier of, 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 of clothing and we decided to set it all up. So he's got this clothing brand that's the, 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 the ethos really is to, help you be more confident in what you wear. So there's slogans on it and stuff like that. That's all kind of confidence inspiring. And because of that, we've called it alpha Clo- uh, alpha threads because you know it's designed to help you be the alpha version of you. And it's all my son's doing. He will sit on his laptop or his iPad and do some drawings and he'll say, I want, I want something like that. So I'll then go jump on the laptop and we'll turn it into some clothing. So we've decided to do you know, regular kind of t-shirts, jumpers and that sort of stuff. But one of the things I've decided to do was tag into it team wear. So you can actually drop us an email and say, I want some slogans or I want some logos. Some late apex hoodies. Yeah, some late (laughs) apex hoodies, yeah. But we can can do that. It's not a problem. And then effectively you go on the website and it's, it's all on there. There's a customer service team for it um there's uh there's a delivery um firm there's there's packaging on there so when it comes it's and it's all sustainable as well so the clothing that you you buy is is sustainable and when you're done with it you can scan a barcode on the inside of it and you can send it back off and it'll get recycled into another garment so it's um and now i'm off talking about my son's company i don't even mean I don't even uh, mean to we're talking about racing but while we're in um, top while we're in top dad territory i can pull it back to racing Benny, tell us, how, did, how have you got into this mini-moto coaching? And more importantly, when's Daisy's first race? So Daisy raced at the weekend, actually. She she did she did two races at the weekend, uh, and she won both, to be fair. But she, um, she I didn't want her to do racing because she's, 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 she's my little girl. And I don't know how much I, you know, racing over the years, you know, how much I've been in it. But uh, she was adamant she wanted to have a go, so we got her a little electric revy, revy bike, and she had to go on that. She got pretty handy on that, and then uh, Jay Dexter at DRC uh, lent me Riley's old PV50 for her to have a go on. It's got a little set of scooter slicks on it, and took her down Fat Cats, and she had a bit of an off and split all her eyebrow open. Mm. And you know, you uh, uh, running across to running across to her, and she got blood pouring down the side of her face, and you know, I lifted her helmet off, and she sat absolutely hyperventilating. You know, it's really. You know, really shit her up, and um, you know she's she's she. We then fetched her home, and I said to my missus, I said she'll never ride a bike again. Like, that's that's put her off it, yeah. and 
Anyway, the following week, she's like, I want to go fat cats at the weekend. I said, well, you've got stevie strips in your eyes still. I'll take them off so we can, well, I'll take them off so you can get your helmet. No, no, I'm going to go. So at that point, I knew that she, she really wanted to do it. So yeah. well, I was taken to a bit more of a safer environment where it's a bit more controlled, a bit slower speed. So we went over to a place called Mini GP Yorkshire over at Brighouse. And just for a little have a go around, she had a little go around, started talking to Kev and, and Vicky around the place and got quite pally with them. And Kev was struggling at the time for, for coaches. So Kev, Kev coaches in mini, Kev has done a bit of mini motos and stuff, but he's never done the big bike racing. And, and Kev said, yeah, do, you, do you mind giving us an hand? I said, well, the deal was, you know, you, you know, you look at, you, you let Daisy ride for free and I'll do the coaching. You know, whether I stand this side of the tyres or that side of the tyres, it makes no difference to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I ended up starting, I actually do quite enjoy it, you know, taking kids over an academy over four weeks and we take them like week one they can barely ride a barely ride a bike and on week four they're flying around Daisy's been going I took Daisy like at the end of the season after the season was done I took her and she had to go around and yeah she's she's flying now so at the weekend we did the academies and what we do is we send the kids off and we, we do like super pole laps we get you know two laps to go and set a fast lap pull them in, they all go out, then we, we work times out and then we put them into groups. So again, it's confidence inspiring. Cause you don't want to put like, you know, we get kids as young as like three and four riding mini yeah. motos and kids who are like 12. You don't want to put them, you don't want to put them racing against each other because it's just going to, the bigger kids are just going to push the way past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. want to race and the younger kids don't always understand it. It knocks the confidence. So we split them up and put them in races where with people, their own ability, very similar. It's clear, mm. The race is always dead tight, dead close, you know, and the kids always come off and enjoy it. So we, at the weekend, you know, this, we, we had a couple of groups and Daisy won her group, both races, bit by default, you know. Um, uh, what's his uh, What's his name? Is it Emilio, his name was. Emilio. Um, and um, there's Gino and Emilio, two brothers, and, and Daisy was racing against Emilio, and uh, Emilio crashed in both races. But Daisy was Daisy was in front. Emilio fell off trying to keep up. You know, and if you're not, you know, if you're not crashing, you're not trying. So it's always good to see the kids trying their hardest. Yeah. yeah. And Daisy riding around. Which I, I promise you, you know, if you get under a 20 second lap time, I'll take you to Fab and you can race. Yeah. So the circuit round there, I mean, like. The fast kids who win the fab are doing, I don't know, 18 seconds, I think it is. So I said to her, if you can get under 20 seconds, if you can do a 19, you're only a second off, I'll take you to a fab. But until then, and she rides around and I get a little bit more excited than she does when she gets, when she starts doing well. You know, she was doing that race at the weekend, it's only a bit of a fun race, but I could feel my heart going. That's and then just, not, not, <laughs> not out because I was scared, more because. You know, I wanted it for her. You know, like yeah. she could see how much she, you know, she's coming, big smile on her face, and it's just, it's brilliant. You know, she'd be kicking and, your ass in no time, mate. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, right. she's, she's pretty happy. We've um, we've got three minutes left, and Jamie, I believe you've got some quick fire questions to throw at Benny. Yeah, I do. I think I've pretty pretty much kind of ventured into one. Um... We'll go into it. Right, Benny. So, um, who do you think would win a fight between Batman and Spider Man? Batman. Batman. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what's the worst mistake you've ever made? On track, obviously. Oh, uh, something rude is going to come out then. Worst mistake <laughs> I've ever made: um, kicking Brandon McCabe off an in lap at Mallory Park. Doesn't sound like a bad thing to have done. Ac- to be ac- fair. Accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. 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 <laughs> this one's. A- 
Okay, I'm going to ask this one anyway. Um, so if you were into men, if you were into men, which of us would you take on a date? Rich, Tom, or me, and why? Uh, probably, t- pro- probably Tom, because I know he won't turn up. Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, okay, next question. What's your favourite type of porn? Oh, that is a good one. Wet melon, she's all right, isn't she? Wet melons. I've never heard of that. I'd go with I'd go with dwarfs to be fair. Um, uh, Need someone to look up to, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which corner would you get rid of in the UK if you could, and why? At what track, obviously? Goddard, Donington, last corner, shite. I hate it. I've come off twice there this year. Shite, get rid of it. Well, they've resurfaced it now, so it should be okay, I think. I'm hoping it's better, yeah. yeah. I've, I've come off there in this uh, pre-season testing and broke my thumb, and then I came off there last race of the year, thought I broke my foot two days before going to Thailand, but I was all right. But yeah, yeah, it's the only only two places I've crashed this year. Yeah, yeah I crashed. Not... I think I crashed. I crashed Mallory Park, I sided Devil's Elbow. I crashed... Um, Redgate, Donington. Uh, I crashed um, church, uh, um, not church, turn one at um, Anglesey. Crashed at Edwina's. Crashed at Snetterton. Yeah, I think I was off quite a bit last year. But mm. it, you get to a point as you're getting better, you sort of, uh, your bravery exceeds your ability and then your ability then captures up. So you yeah. Do tend to go through these crashing phases, and I went for one last year. Just waiting for the ability to catch up now. Yeah, yeah. That's my uh, questions over and done with. Thank you. No, well, no Benny, thanks for joining us. Um, it's been mega. Uh, first guest, and hopefully you'll co- you'll come back on mid season and let us know where uh, everything's going. Absolutely, yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. Be- best of luck with Merlin. Uh, thank you very much, uh, yeah, gents. Luck, once again been top recording this uh, and without fucking up the uh, exit I'm going to say to everybody and cheers for joining us ta-da take care guys bye cheers.